in podcast land you set your dial once again to combat sports with rhino your first best and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast episode 82 my guest towards the end of the show today will be undefeated ufc welterweight dana white contender series contract winner orion galaxy cosi very very cool just a few weeks ahead of his uh his UFC debut, so I hope you guys all stay tuned and check into that. So our schedule for this week is going to be as follows. Since we have no UFC to cover, uh, we're going to recap the co-main and main event from Friday's LFA card. We're going to have our picks for this Saturday's monster UFC 264, Poirier versus McGregor 3. A Q&A sesh with the Rhino Gang, then the aforementioned Dana White Contender Series winner uh, just ahead of his July 31st fight versus Philip Rowe, UFC welterweight Orion Galaxy Cozy goes 10 rounds with Rhino and I actually I'm calling it my our Wolf of Wall Street type of interview because we both say the F word an incredible amount of times in this one so maybe don't let any young ears hear this one because it's a whole lot of F words of flying so let's go ahead without further ado get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in LFA 110 was on a Friday night our co-main event, co-main event was Renato Valente versus Chib Wakam Oninejcha. I think I got that sort of right, even though it was slow. Uh, Renato got the split decision after three over Chib Wakam uh, in that one for at 185 pounds. Moving into the main event. Now, by the way, there were supposed to be several other fights on this card. A whole lot of things fell apart towards the end here. So the main event became the 125-pound belt between Charles Johnson versus Yuma Horaguchi. This one was a split decision also for Charles Johnson after five in that one. So co-main and main event from LFA 110, both split decision wins for Renato Valente and Charles Johnson. All righty, fight fam. Now let's get our picks in for the monster, huge, magnificent UFC 264 for next week. So we got our main card pick. So Drea, our first card, our first pick on the card that we're going to have here is going to be Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Lewis Smolka. I'll go ahead and get us started. I've got, oh, wait, it's not Lewis Smolka anymore, is it? They changed it. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> yeah, to someone's UFC debut. <laughs> right. So, I, yeah, I knew that, but I still had Lewis Smolka on my paper. Yeah. So, since it's a new kid, Sugar Sean O'Malley, KO in the first two minutes. KO clean one, Sean O'Malley versus the new kid. Okay. I have uh, Sean O'Malley as well, but I'm actually, I'm giving the kid the benefit of the doubt that he can make it through the first round, and I'm going KO in the second. All righty. Moving into 130, well, staying at 135 pounds, I've got Yana Kuniskaya beating Irene Aldana by a very close unanimous decision in that one. What's your call on that one, future play, Adrea? I went with Yana as well uh, with a unanimous decision. Still the cutest couple ever, in my opinion. Well, one of them is <laughs> Marietta Santos and Yana Kuniskaya. I love them together. So mm-hmm. cool. A big shout-out to Yana Kuniskaya. I think she's going to get the big win in that one. Moving into what we all are hoping for, I think, or at least 90-plus percent of us, let's go Ty Tuivasa beating Greg Hardy by a clean, possibly jaw-breaking KO in the second. I got Ty Tuivasa over Greg Hardy, KO2. What about you? I'm taking Ty to Avasa uh, in round two as well, but I, I'm going TKO round two. All righty. So I might have some wishful thinking on that. I'd be, just... I would be perfectly happy with the team KO. I'll be happy with the TKO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into 170 pounds, I got my man, Wonderboy Thompson, beating Gilbert Burns by, again, a very razor close split decision in that one. So I got a split decision for Wonderboy Thompson at welterweight over Gilbert Burns. What about you? Wow, we're totally on the same page. I think it's going to go the entire fight, but I, I think Wonderboy um, is going to is going to outpoint him, you know, with his his technicalities, I guess. I mean, he's a really technical striker. So uh, I'm also going Wonderboy with a I'm actually going unanimous decision. I'm not not split. All righty. Then moving into our main event, the the incredible, humongous fight. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, three. I've got Dustin Poirier winning by unanimous decision over Conor McGregor. And I think it's going to go like this. I've got Dustin Poirier losing rounds one and two. I think Conor is going to come out and be able to outstick him a little bit, outmove him a little bit, try to avoid the leg kicks, and then 
I think Dustin is going to pour it on rounds three, four, and five. I've got Dustin Poirier winning three rounds of two over Conor McGregor. You name a decision. What's your call on that one? Feature play Adrea. I am taking Dustin Poirier, but I don't think it's going to go the whole fight. I think it could be similar um, to the last one. And I'm so I'm going Dustin Poirier TKO round three. You got TKO round three for Dustin and Diamond Poirier. All right. So let's go ahead and get to our Twitter questions. We've got some great ones today. I know our first one comes from our dear homie, the Raging Sweet Potato, RSP. What do you got this week, dude? As a follow-up to my action movie question, who do you think are the action movie hero equivalents of today's UFC champions? For example, former UFC heavyweight champ Stipe Miocic would definitely be like Rocky Balboa. Uh, he's tough, talented, beloved by fans, and you can't understand a damn thing he says. <laughs> That's really funny, I, and you I, can't I, either. <laughs> God, that could not have worked out better. We couldn't have planned that one. I got um, a mental uh, picture of that um, <clears throat> uh, Rogan show where, uh, what's his face? He couldn't say his name. He was saying it completely wrong. Um, are you talking about Key and Peele? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, with a substitute yeah. teacher. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was awesome. hilarious. Shout out to him, too. He's from he's from my hometown. He's from Detroit, too. So um, I really dove into this one, RSP. I love this question. So it wasn't just champions. Like, I did, you know, like across the board of uh, of the UFC. So I got I got a list of 10. Because, like I said, I really got into this question. <laughs> you like so, first of all, uh, I got – and they're all – they're almost all from – I think they're all from the 80s. Yeah, I think all my I think all my <laughs> movies I picked for were from the '80s. So, so I got Mad Max. I've got Alexander Volkanovsky. He's Australian. He's cool under pressure. Alexander Volkanovsky taking over for Mad Max for the character of Dutch and Predator, which is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I got Big Tom Aspinall. I think he would be a great Dutch. He's huge. He's muscled up. I think he's kind of badass, and uh, obviously he's. Much younger, I think, than Arnold was at that time. But I think it could still work. So, big Tom Aspinall playing Dutch and Predator. For Frank Dukes from Bloodsport, I mean, the question is, it writes itself. That's George, George St. Pierre. All day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Frank Dukes, George St. Pierre would, have been an, would be an amazing Frank Dukes in a reboot. Uh, Dalton from Roadhouse. I'm picking the champ. I got Kamaru Usman taking over for Dalton in Roadhouse. I think he would be an awesome... Dalton, and I love that movie. I mean, really love that movie. So I'd love to see Kamaro be that uh, Dalton character. Maverick from Top Gun. I've got Brian T. City Ortega, Mr. Handsome himself, <laughs> coming in and taking the Tom Cruise as the cocky pilot who who is the hero in the end. Yeah, I got T. City Ortega in that one. For Rambo, dude, ruthless Robbie Lawler. Can you imagine him in the jungle with the headband on, with the fucking RPG via... Uh, crossbow or whatever. <laughs> like, that's Robbie Lawler all day. Yeah. Uh, moving into Indiana Jones, I got Israel Adesanya. I could I could totally see him being, like, the architect adventurer. I think that would be awesome. So, yeah, Izzy Adesanya as Indiana Jones. For John McClane from the Die Hard series, believe it or not, I went a little obscure here. I went Josh Emmett on this one. He's around the same size. He's bald. He's a tough guy. He would... I just think he'd be a good role in that for John McClane. So, yeah, I got Josh Emmett in that one. Uh, just think about the Shane Burgos fight, and you're like, yep, that would work. <laughs> Josh Emmett is so fucking tough, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, so John McClane for him. So, for Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China, I got our boy Wonder Boy, dude. I think he would be so funny in that role. Wonder Boy for sure. Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. And then finally, RoboCop, Alistair Overeem. 6'5", monster physique. Would be great in that suit all day. <laughs> Alistair Overeem is RoboCop. So that's my, that's my 10 80s movies reboots with UFC fighters in the stead of the starring roles. So Rage Street, that was a great question, and I loved answering it. So thank you very much, dude. Uh, Drea, our next one comes from Ty Fly Guy, correct? Yes. <clears throat> Having Lewis versus Gone for the interim heavyweight belt is absolutely pointless, in my opinion. What fight in any organization do you think made zero sense to attach an interim championship belt to? It's not necessarily that it made zero sense. I mean, I could see a little bit of their point, but to me, 
The interim title fight that did make sense to, for me was Connor versus Chad Mendez, right? It did not need an interim belt. Connor was supposed to fight Jose Aldo. Aldo had to pull out with an injury. Just let Connor fight Chad. We all knew he was going to beat Chad, right? You know, it was, Chad was coming in on a two or three week notice. We all knew Connor was going to beat him. There didn't need to be an interim belt for that fight. Just let Connor fight Chad, beat Chad, and then fight Jose a few months later for the championship. There didn't need to be an interim uh, attached to that. The only reason I could think of, or I'm sure that they did, was they wanted to promote Connor. They wanted to appease Connor. They wanted to make Connor seem like champion because they wanted Connor as champion, right? Because he had all the publicity, he had all the backing, he had all of the support seemingly at the time. So that did not need an interim belt attached to it whatsoever. But the UFC did it just to make Connor look better and to make Connor seem like a bigger star. So, yeah, that was pretty pointless as far as I was concerned. So, Ty Fly Guy, great question, my dude. Thank you very much. All righty. I know our third one comes from our girl APB. APB, what do you got this week? Rhino and Drea, what's your favorite KO of the year so far? Drea, do you want to lead us off on that one? Um, sure. I I don't want to upset any Jorge Masvidal uh, fans, but <laughs> I would say uh, that freaking knockout, you know, between him and Usman was just, I don't know, jaw-dropping. Un- unexpected in my opinion, but so satisfying at the same time i i don't know i just think it was a, a beautiful beautiful knockout this year it was very dramatic and then the uh yes. the water spray moment where all the water yes i think that's what does it that picture that was just floated around for months <laughs> um of all the the sweat just you know flying off of them it definitely made it much more dramatic but which doesn't always, which doesn't always, you know what, though, it doesn't always translate to like a KO because I remember my very first pro fight, I was fighting this humongous guy and I hit him with a beautiful left hook and I saw, literally saw, like it was just, we were in the lights just right, you know what I mean? They had these huge right. tower lights on the corner, like the spray came off in a huge dramatic fashion. And he mm-hmm. just kept walking forward. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. It doesn't always like, work that way. <laughs> this isn't like the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen a ton of pictures uh, that way as well. With uh, my husband doing fight photography, he, he's gotten tons of shots that are beautiful shots because you just see that spray coming off. But they don't always really mean anything. <laughs> right. And be, previous to that, all of my fights had been with headgear on from the amateurs. From yeah. So you don't stuff, so, see it. So you don't see it, right? That was the first uh-huh. time I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah dude definitely that's a great one uh after much internal debate and del- deliberation i decided mm-hmm. to go with a spinning back elbow from yuri prohaska over dominic reyes i had to take all the feelings oh, that was good yeah i had to take all the feelings out of like other various contenders because of course i love seeing dustin beat uh connor the way connor. he did and uh-huh. yeah i did on and i and i also this the san hagen flying knee over frankie was another one that was up in contention but I went with Yuri Prohaska because not only is it an unusual technique, but it was so devastating, dude. It was a, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen that combo land the way it did. It was a right inside elbow followed by a left spinning back elbow that put Reyes to sleep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that for me, it's Yuri Prohaska over Dominic Reyes. That's my KO uh, thus far of the year for 2021. So, great question, APB. And as always, shout out to Mama Sims. You can't be a wuss and have a puss. Have a puss. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Our third one comes from the homie Holman from the Holman sale. Holman, what do you got this week, dude? What are a couple fights that we never got in the UFC that you really wish that we would have, say, in the last 10 years or so? So I had three when I looked at this. I had three right off the top of my head. First of all, John Jones versus Anderson Silva at 205. I thought, you know, again, this probably would have been about eight, 10 years ago, right around then when John was like really uh, on the, on the rise, Anderson was still kind of maintaining his position at the top of 185. So yeah, I would have loved to see Anderson Silva and John Jones have a super fight that never materialized. Uh, Fedor and Brock, dude, after Brock beat Randy for the title, I would have loved to have seen Fedor come over and just beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Cause I know that's what he would have was the speed in his hands and Brock's, you know, being so green, Brock being so green on his feet, especially. So yeah, I would have loved to see Fedor. And the last one would be Habib versus GSP at like 165 pound catch weight. I think that would have been an amazing fight. Both such incredible grapplers, both so strong, uh, 
you know, GSP obviously being the better on the feet, but I would love to see them on the ground and see what they could have done, you know, in the grappling exchanges. So Habib versus GSP 165 is something I think would have been amazing, but unfortunately we never got to see. So Drea, that we have now careened our way through our Twitter questions, through our picks for 264. Unfortunately, no Drea's drop of the night, but I got a sincere feeling that we are going to have a whole lot of We're going to have a good one. <laughs> yes. We are going to have a we whole lot of We may have to do our first, second, and third place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm like, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I can only assume that with the amount of fights that are coming up this coming weekend, there is going to be, as I like to say, a veritable buffet of drops, of possibilities for drops of the night. So you have completed your segment for this week, and we are so stoked to have you on again, and we absolutely look forward to having you on again next week. My feature play, Andrea. All right. See you next week. So let's get into our voice questions, D. Reigns. I know our first one comes from the homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino? It's your boy Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. My question for you this week is this. If you were a manager, what are a couple of fighters, like maybe one female, one male, that you would like to have on your roster from any organization? And what would you do to help further their career or help promote them? Let me know. Love you. Love the show. Oh, female for sure would right now would be UFC flyweight Casey O'Neill. She's only 23 years old, so she has a super long career ahead of her. 7-0, and very well-rounded. Two countries already like really supporting her, being her homeland of Scotland and her adopted country of Australia. So she already has a huge fan base. I would just kind of focus on the marketing and promotion of her in the United States, right? Trying to get her name out there, uh, trying to get her as many advertisements and endorsement deals as I possibly could. Her coaching staff will take care of like the polishing of her skills and her leveling up in that way. Uh, but yeah, for sure, a uh, female fighter that I would like to manage right now would be Casey O'Neill. For the male, on the male side, Shavkat Rachmanov, dude. I, I know I talked about him a little bit last week. I really think he's a special talent. Um, and all I would do with him was try to book him for as many fights as I possibly could. The, the size of this kid, the skill set, the already the experience that he has. I think he's 14-0 and 0 now. Uh, I want him to get up the ladder because I really think he could already compete with the top five to seven uh, guys ranked at 170. So I want to get him careening up the ladder as fast as possible. So I would just try to book him as often as I could uh, on anything and, and really get him up the uh, end of the rankings as soon as I could. So great question, Juice. Thank you so much for asking. If you guys haven't already, of course, check out Juice and Leo at the uh, Friendly Sparring Podcast. It is awesome. Check those guys out. Alrighty, I know our next one comes from the big homie, Jim Asood. Jim, what do you got this week, dude? What's going on, a bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang, hope everyone's doing well. I'm actually out your way, uh, just across the river from Detroit for a couple of weeks for work. Had somebody doing it for, I don't know, three months he was doing it, but then as well, he complained he was gone too long. So guess what? We're back on the road again, but whatever. Uh, my question for you this week is, uh, you're the promoter for any promotion you want, boxing, MMA, whatever. What are the top fights you'd like to see? Don't care what it is. That's my question for you this week, buddy. Keep up the great work. You know we love the show. And you know it's always worth 20, kids. Peace. Wow, this is a great question. So some of the top fights I'd like to see across all combat sports. I'll start out with boxing, my original love. Um, I've got Terrence Bud Crawford and Errol Spence, dude. I really want to see that fight. I know a lot of people are. Obviously, Errol's going to have to you know, get through Pacquiao, but... I think he will, and then I then I definitely want to see Bud Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. Uh, into kickboxing. I would love to see Bader Hari versus Rico Verhoeven three. I know they've already fought before. I know Bader Hari was getting the better of Rico last time, and then Bader got injured. I don't like Bader Hari at all, and I really like Rico Verhoeven, so I would love to see that one again and see Rico beat up Bader pretty good. Uh, in MMA, I've got several. John Jones versus Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title belt. I would love to see that fight this year. Uh, Kamaru Usman versus Colby, too. I want to see Kamaru smash up Colby again. <laughs> Moving into, I would love to see Cyborg and Kayla Harrison. Um, 
in uh, cross promotion between PFL and Bellator. And I would love to see Cyborg just light her up. Uh, moving into, I would love to see Valentina versus Amanda three. I think that fight to me, I know some people are for it. Some people are against it. I'm one of the people who's for it. I think it's really one and one. And I think they're the only real competition for each other out there. So yes, I want to see Valentina and Amanda three. Uh, sticking with MMA again, I want to go. Oh, Champ has made his presence known with a big shake right next to me. <laughs> I've got Nick Diaz versus Izzy for Nick Diaz coming off of this long hiatus, going right into a belt shot. Why not? Versus Israel Adesanya at 185. I would love to see that fight. And then lastly, I want to see Wonder Boy versus Raymond Daniels. I know, again, be cross promotion. Raymond Daniels versus Wonder Boy would be all the spinny shit, lots of kicks, lots of fun karate, lots of in and out strikes, incredible footwork. Yeah, Wonder Boy versus Raymond Daniels would be another one. So, yeah, those are all fights I would really love to see. I don't think there's a possibility of maybe any of that happening except for Usman and Colby. But, yeah, dude, a guy can dream, right? So, thank you very much, Jim. That was a great question, my dude. All right, let's stick with our Canadian homies team. And I got my man, Dave French, the Einstein of graphic design. Dave, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz. Got a really easy one for you today. Maybe it's not so easy, I don't know. Um, Hello! Oh, go ahead. Hello, Rhino. What are you doing? Okay, question for you. What is the last... UFC fight that you fell asleep watching. Yep, you heard that right. Let the listeners know what's a UFC fight, or rather the last UFC fight that you fell asleep watching. Love you, man. Talk to you soon. Peace. So this has only happened once. <laughs> and it was back in 2010. I remember it well. Anderson Silva versus Damian Maya, dude. It was so boring. I was so looking forward to it. Uh, and it just, it was a ton of Damian Maya laying on his back. Anderson Silva yelling at him while standing, throwing the occasional kick to his legs. I didn't like fall asleep asleep the whole time, but I definitely nodded off several times throughout the fight. Ugh, it was just so boring. It was such a letdown. So yeah, the, my answer on that one is Anderson Silva versus Damian Maya back in 2010, bro. Just brutal, boring. And uh, what's up, Judah? Combat Sports with Ronald's mascot supreme, my little buddy. Hope you're having a good weekend, dude. So thank you very much, Dave Fretz. Of course, check out Dave Fretz stuff of his of his graphic design. It is unbelievable. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram. The, the best of the biz. I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. He is the best of the best of the best. So thank you, Dave. Again, we're going to stick with Canada. Our broskies up north. My man, D. Crowns. What do you got this week, homie? Rhino, what's up, brother? Oh, man. These weekends when we're so light on fights, is they're difficult to get through sometimes. <laughs> um I did want to hear your thoughts about the heavyweight landscape, though. Uh, the Gon-Lewis matchup, uh, Francis getting passed over, and basically the UFC's treatment of Francis in general, which I'm really not impressed with. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Shout out to Judah, what's up, brother? And the whole Rhino gang gang. Love y'all. Have a great Sunday. Oh, D Crowns, I could not be more with you on this, dude. Everyone who listens to the show knows I am as big or bigger of a Francis Ngannou fan as there is. I think this is complete, utter, and total bullshit. It's just, the dude just won the title a few months ago, and it's already, you know, we're already up for an interim belt between Gon and Derek. Like, come on, man. It just shows it's another example of the UFC's unwillingness to be flexible with certain fighters and be totally bending over backwards for others. So not okay at all with it. Um, yeah, I, I just hope this all kind of works out okay in the end. I don't really care if Gon or Derek Lewis win this fight because then it should be Francis, and then I think Francis beats either one of them pretty handily. So, yeah, I hope it just ends up with Francis with the belt in the end of the story. But, yeah, it's complete bullshit. I don't like it at all. I'm not for it. I'm not with it. It's lame. So thank you very much, D. Kron's Great question, my dude. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our interview with UFC welterweight Orion Galaxy Kosi after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. 
You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another fantastic, wonderful, awesome, amazing guest joining us today. Going 10 rounds as UFC welterweight. You might know him from the Dana White Contender Series, and you'll get to know him even better when he gets into this UFC and his pro debut and smashes yet another fighter. My man joining us for 10 rounds today is Orion Galaxy Kosi. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Uh, looking forward to it. Just had a rest home so I can be on here. Oh, dude, that's fantastic. We were so stoked to have you on. So, Orion, the first round with Rhino is basically, we love to hear the background story. Like, how did you really, like, the very beginning of how you first got into mixed martial arts, dude? Oh, man, that's a long story right there. But uh, I'm going to make a long story short as best as I can so it doesn't take, you know, a month or two to explain. <laughs> uh, no, my brother and I, we, we grew up uh, in the middle of the woods and, you know, our dad would have us like wrestle and fight and stuff like like straight up like fighting other kids as we were growing up. So we started wrestling. We were moving around a lot from different home to home with our dad. And then, uh, you know, our parents didn't have the best relationship. So they were like on and off. But we just pretty much like grew up watching fighting. Um, and then I knew I wanted to play sports. Lewis knew he wanted to play sports. And we just pretty much said, hey, like, you know, let's keep our grades up, take care of each other and uh push each other to be better and as we kept doing more sports uh when i was a kid i wanted to grow up to be an astronaut to go to space because i want to go to the moon or check out the stars i, I love like you know looking at the stars at night and shit like that but i also wanted to be like a football player a basketball player a baseball player i wanted to be everything um especially like a wrestler and stuff like that but I, I kind of just excelled at all the sports that I played just because I, you know, put my heart and soul into the sports. I, I like to win. I'm a huge competitor when it comes to uh, competition and especially one-on-one sports. And so I just told myself, hey, you know, I, I really like the boxing, kickboxing, all that stuff. And so as we were watching, as we got older, we kept training more and more. And then I think it was about when I was 13 – we uh, ended up getting into like more boxing, jiu-jitsu, and stuff like that. We just kept training. And then finally, you know, went to Oregon State for a year. Uh, there was some weird shit going on up there where I was trying to uh, join the wrestling team. And that's the only reason why I went to Oregon State. But I was only able to make it to two practices a week because of the way they set up my classes. And they would not change my classes for me. So I just told myself, I was like, well, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to just start training. I'm going to keep training right now. I'm going to start fighting next year. And that's pretty much what my brother and I did. Um, we ended up uh, fighting, you know, taking fights. And just it's been successful ever since then. But I love fighting. There, there's nothing I love more than to go into the cage and beat the shit out of somebody. That's why I'm like, <laughs> that's why I smile. If I have a fight that goes three rounds, I'm smiling. But I tell myself, I'm like, all right, it's time to go and finish this fucking dude. Because I grew up on Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. And so I always wanted to be like Goku. And like when Goku's having a tough fight, he's not like desperate or anything unless he needs to be. And but he also has fun at the end of it. Like at the end, very end, he's smiling, he's enjoying it. He doesn't give a shit. He, everything he does is for his fighting. So I, I kind of live that same purpose in life. Like a lot of the stuff I do, I love to fight. Dude, that's fantastic, bro. So you have a, uh, you had your Dana White Contender Series fight last August. Then you obviously you win. You get signed by the UFC. Can you kind of walk us through how you went from 
you know, your last regional promotion fight to getting the call for Dana White Contender Series? Like, how did that whole kind of deal happen? So I ended up having my um, fight on, I want to say January 25th because Kobe died on January 26th, I believe. I just remember having that fight and um, my brother was telling me how he has his manager. His manager got him onto Kamate and stuff like that well before. And um, it kind of just ended up with my brother being like, dude, like this manager's legit, you know, like get him. He, he heard about me from Kambate. He might be able to hear about you if you like do something too. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll talk to him. So we chit chatted and uh, I ended up signing with Iridium and I, I couldn't be more grateful. These guys take so fucking good care of us. They're amazing. They, they treat us like family. We treat them like family. We actually go and we'll stay with them every now and then. Like when we go to Vegas, just to visit and say hi and, yeah, they're really good people, but that last fight, um, they didn't really know about me too well, and they finally they knew about my brother from Combate, so they watched his, and then they didn't realize that he had a brother. They they never did that research, and then they found out, you know, Lewis had a brother, obviously, and uh, we started talking more, and they're like, "Dude, we gotta get this guy going." And then supposedly the story that we were told was the UFC. Like Sean Shelby and them, they heard how it wasn't just Lewis, that he also had a brother. And so Sean was telling these guys, oh, dude, fucking make it happen. We want them both on the same same card. And so we were just pretty much waiting at that point for the UFC to tell us, like, hey, do you want us on contender? Do you want us to do um, a fast fight? And um, we, I had one opportunity where I could have took a fight on short notice. But the unfortunate part was I literally sprained my ankle like two days before I got the call. So I just let the uh, my manager know hey you know i'm just gonna um take it easy for the next week that way i can keep walking and uh light running but i'll be ready for you know july or august though well it's it's funny you say that because we have an opportunity for you in august and then it took a while for my opponent to sign uh, matt didson but um at the end of the day i, I didn't care who i was in a fight like i told everybody else like, i'm gonna go out there and finish them just like i finished everybody else Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a great segue into the next question, bro. Uh, you're 7-0 and now as a pro. You were 3-0 and as an amateur. But there was a four-and-a-half-year gap between your last Amy fight to your pro debut in 18. Um, do, you, do you feel okay sharing like the reason for that four-and-a-half-year layoff? Yeah, I have no problem saying that because there's only actually a, a year and a half to two years. So I think it was almost a, one year and nine months that I couldn't get a fight as an amateur. And I tried to get a fight as a pro, and I couldn't get a fight as a pro either. But Tapology doesn't actually have all my fights recorded. Oh, you got shortchanged. Yeah. Okay, okay. I don't give a shit. The, you know, right. people say what they want to say. If they need to go based off research, you know, the way I see it is, you're either a fucking fighter or you're not. If you care about your, you know, you go into the UFC and people are, oh, this guy's, look at Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz does not have the best record. Like, sure. Pretty decent record. Pretty good record, right? But he doesn't have the best record. But that doesn't mean he's not a fucking fighter. And that's why I respected, like, my brother and I, we grew up respecting the shit out of the Diaz brothers because of the fact, like, the fact, like they love to fight. And it's not that they love to fight. They're, they're fighting because it's like, fuck, dude, like, they're good at it. They make money off it. They're not trying to be people's homies, you know, and after the fight, they'll show that mutual respect for other people. But it's, uh, it's a thing where I literally kept training, just training and training and training. And then finally, I just told, like, my team, I was like, because that's back when I was up at Lost Boys. It, it was so long that I couldn't get a fight. And only for one of the instances was it that I couldn't fight for like a month because i was dealing with some heart issues like uh, uh found out i had a mitral valve prolapse syndrome which is you know where on the mitral valve i have a rare version of it where one side of the mitral valve is offset and flutters and so like every now and then i'll get like regurgitations which feels like a heart attack so I, i've learned how to deal with them but when i was first dealing with them i was like motherfucker this shit hurts sure but I, I was I thought I was having heart attacks. I was like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way I like I did this. And then the doctor or whatever was like, Yeah, it looks like you stressed your heart out. Um, the only thing I can say is just keep training because if you stop training, then that'll just be worse. So yeah, you can fight, you can train. I was like, sweet, you're a cool doctor. <laughs> um but no, I was always looking for fights. I'd have people like I think three different shows during that one and a half uh year or two year time span 
where people backed out the week of the fight. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, though, dude. We're so sorry. Like, we were trying to find you another fighter right now. I was like, don't even worry about it. If you find me something, you find me something. If not, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and blame you. But then I finally got a fight, and I just, you know, Uriah Faber actually showed up to those fights. And uh, he was like, yo, you guys should think about coming down to Alpha Male. And then, like, I think it took about a year and a half because I was still with Lost Boys. My brother was up there. We had a good friend of mine up there. And we were all talking about making the move down to um, Sacramento or Santa Rosa in that area. Thank you. And then, um, yeah, finally, you know, our buddy died. And fucking we decided, hey, you know, it's, it's time to start making some moves. And my brother was going to make a move. But he was dealing with his uh, his own personal shit, like, you know, with his uh, son and stuff like that. Whereas I was like, hey, I- I'm going to make this move so we can be down there. He's all cool. That way, you know, if he wants to visit and train, and that's what we were doing. I'd come back up to Humboldt. He'd come down to Sacramento and stuff like that. And, uh, no, it was cool. So, you know, just being able to get that shit, it- it'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure, dude. So on July 31st, Philip, the Fresh Prince Row is your opponent, dude. Very tall guy, very rangy for 170 pounds. Besides his height and range, what do you think he kind of brings to the fight, dude? Um, For a guy who's supposed to have a brown belt, he has really shitty grappling. And, I mean, that's just me being honest. I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. I hope he listens to this recording because this is just going to be me helping him out in a sense. <laughs> it's supposed to be a brown belt. Right, and right. that's not me taking away from him. Like, if he earned his brown belt, awesome. Whoever gave it to him obviously believes he is a brown belt. But when it comes to MMA aspects, I don't give a shit if you're a brown belt, white belt, blue belt, black belt. It does. I do not give a fuck what you have a belt in. That belt don't mean shit in MMA. <laughs> and we've seen that in his fights. He, he, you know, especially his uh his last two fights. What his um his fight in the contender series. He was getting his ass fucking whooped in the first round. But if anything, it's just because the other dude gassed himself out trying to finish the fight and then fucking he exposed himself by keeping his hands down. So, you know, Philip Rowe took advantage of that. Good for him. But we also had his fight against uh, Gabe Green. Gabe Green does not have good wrestling. He never grew up wrestling. The guy's just a boxer. But the fact that Gabe Green was able to still have decent ground grappling against him, that's fucking pathetic. I'm not taking away from either one of them, but it's like, you, you know, if you're a brown belt, you should better you better have some fucking better grappling than that. And his striking, he's not a pressure fighter. We've seen that in his fights too. He will not move forward if somebody else is moving forward hitting him. The only time he moves forward is if he lands a counter strike while moving backwards. He's gonna try to use his arms for looping overhood. But I fought guys like that. I fought guys who were six foot four, six foot three. Uh, you know, people with 80 inch reach advantages or, you know, 70 inch or 75 inch reach. I don't care if they have a longer reach advantage. I don't care if they're taller than me. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hit them. They can even be better than me. Honestly, I, you know, uh, they can have better striking than me. Who was it? Matt Dixon. They were like, oh yeah, he was crisper. He was cleaner. It's like, I don't give a fuck if you're crisper or cleaner. Take a look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson compared to all his opponents. He didn't have the crisper boxing. He was fucking ruthless. He would duck and weave, and that's all he practiced was the duck and weave because he was. Everyone knew this. He was setting up the fucking left hook or the right overhand, and they could never stop it because of the fact that he was just so damn powerful. And that's I love the way Mike Tyson fought, and that's the way I like to fight too. Is go out there, put my fucking hands on somebody, because then their game plan changes. Look at Matt Ditson. He went in the first round. I hit him. To he immediately just wanted to try to do wrestling. He wasn't even supposed to be a wrestler. And then after that, after the first round, I was like, he's not fucking taking me down again. And it kind of led to the same thing. So I'm not too worried about who I fight when I fight. Because at the end of the day, it's if I worry about like somebody's reach advantage or height advantage, I'm giving them a little bit of an advantage uh, mentally. But every time I fought, I've never thought to myself, fuck, like, what if? I always tell myself, I'm going to go out there and beat the shit out of this fucking dude. That's fucking amazing, brother. <laughs> so you mentioned your brother earlier. You mentioned Lewis a little bit before. Siblings are not new in the history of the UFC. Obviously, you have the Nogueras and the Millers, the Pettis brothers, Gilbert and Herbert Burns, the Shevchenko sisters, obviously probably the most famous, the Diaz brothers. But there's something different about you and Lewis, dude. Could you kind of walk us through or kind of explain what it's like chasing this dream together? Um, feels amazing, man. I'm not going to sit here and say that we had a rough life compared to the other guys. I don't know what kind of lifestyle they had. I mean, everyone knows how the Diaz brothers had their life. 
but I'm not going to sit here and say that. I've done my research on all these other siblings in the UFC. I, I don't care about them. They're not my family. They're, they're not my friend. I don't know them. Like I'm glad they're having success, but for me and my brother to be where we are for what we dealt with our entire life and having people like on the sidelines that are our family and friends trying to tell us, well, what if the fighting doesn't work out? What, what What's a real career? I'm like, fighting is a real career. We're fucking yeah. good. Make yeah. money off. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work out? What if you get injured and you can't fight anymore? It's like, well, you should probably shut the fuck up. <laughs> because, you know, we're going to do just fine. Injuries happen to people. It's like, you know, a real career for them would have been like, hey, you should be, uh, you know, go do lumber. You can fucking die cutting down trees. You're more likely to die being like a lumber than you are fucking, you know, a majority of other jobs in the world. What? I'm not going to go fucking be a dentist. I fucking hate dentists. And they're fucking depressing. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to be a doctor because I like to hurt people. I like to beat people up. And so fighting was good. You know, fucking uh, the way we grew up, just just pretty much had ourselves and a bunch of different families that we grew up with. And we had people that were like, hey, you know, like, keep pushing hard. You boys are doing great. And some people didn't understand it. You know, I had family and friends like I would be training right after I got done eating. I'd wait a little bit, go outside and train till like middle of the night. And they'd be like, hey, you know, like, we don't. why, why are you doing this? And I was like, because if I don't do this, what the fuck else am I going to do? I didn't want to be anything. Else. I mean, I could have. I, you know. I had a I had a laptop actually where I was writing a bunch of different like movie ideas and uh, books and shit like that and then it took a crash because my buddies were using it and I was like you motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> all of it was lost uh, yeah no there's a couple of different uh, stories and stuff like that that I was writing like horror stories adventure stories and sci-fi stuff like that some different movie concepts and I, I'm a trick of the trade man I like to do a lot of everything but it also feels nice to be able to like see all the people that were trying to tell it. It's funny on social media how there'll be people who message us or being like, "Hey, like, what's a real career?" And then once we got to the UFC, they're all, "Man, like, let us know if you need anything. We'll help you set this up." I'm like, "Ah, thanks, but no thanks." Right. Uh, so, dude, that's that, again. That's it's one of those things where it's such a unique. Deal. Like I said, I've mentioned five or six different sets of blood, but in the vast majority, nobody else really knows what that's like to be going after a, you know, a dream like that with you know your brother and your family. Uh, it's a very unique and very cool thing. Now, speaking of unique, Orion, your first name, I don't think there ever has been or ever probably will be again another Orion in the UFC. Where did you get, how did that name come about, dude? It is so cool and unique. That's just so funny. You ready? You ready for this? I'm ready, dude. All right. So there's two stories to this. My mom said it's because her and my dad were looking at the stars and they thought Orion would be a great name. Supposedly, I didn't have a name for like the um, I didn't have a name picked out until like right before I was about to be born. Like they, they had no idea what they wanted to name me. And then all of a sudden they looked up at the stars. So I, hey, what about Orion? And they both said at the same time, supposedly. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Then I asked yeah. my daddy, oh. I was smoking weed, son, and uh, I was listening to <laughs> and I realized I need to name you Orion. <laughs> oh like, my god! What awesome! I was like, that's I awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm going with I'm going with option B. I like your dad's version better because I'm a huge Metallica guy. So yes, yeah, that's I, the one I, I'm. I was like, so when people ask, like you know, like my family in law. Uh, when they met me, they're like, "So, how did you get your name?" I was like, "So, it's funny that you actually asked." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love it. They're a very Christian family too, so if they listen to this, they're gonna be like, "Hey, wash your mouth out with soap," you know, in a loving, joking way. But um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're great people. But when I told them the uh, the second version, they're all, "We like that version better too." They they just like, <laughs> oh, they're, oh my god, they're you really are from humble. I was like, yeah, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm from Detroit, and I very much like that story too. So it's there it's you fully, go. It's fully across the board. Um, so Detroit Rock City, baby. Hell yeah, all day, every day, twice on Sunday, my friend. Uh, one thing I was like, I always looked at with uh, with high level athlete siblings is they're competitive. You already talked about earlier in the interview. You're a competitive guy. I'm sure your brother is too. What is right now the biggest point of contention between the two of you? Like, is one of you a little bit better at jujitsu? Does one of you do a better job when you guys are playing Warzone? Like, what are you the most competitive with him about right now? Honestly, um. We don't compete against each other, and I, I think that's why we do so successful as siblings, because most siblings, 
they try to compete against each other all the time. Like whether it's like, oh, I'm better at this and he's better at that. Yeah. But we learned from a very young age because it was just pretty much like there'd be days where it's just me and him for like a week or something where I'm taking care of him. And we used to have that like, oh, he's better at striking or he's better at wrestling or he's better at schoolwork or, you know, stuff like that. It's like we, we don't really talk like that, to be honest. Uh, we, we push each other. But I will say this. My brother is one of the best dads I've ever met. Like that guy is fucking amazing. Bar none. So, you know, I can only hope to be as good as a dad as he is because he's doing everything he can for his son. But. I'm kind of a piece of shit when it comes to my fighting because I don't fight for anybody else. I don't have an actual reason why I fight besides I just like to fight people um, and beat people up. I just love to fight. But, you know, not having a wife, it's like whatever money I'm making for my fighting, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure she has the best life possible. That way, when we do have a future, we're able to um, support for our family. You know, I, I always grew up wanting a big-ass mansion. My brother wants a big-ass mansion and shit like that. And so... I don't think there's a competition between my brother and I. I think it's more so the competition will be uh, the both of us against the rest of the UFC roster. Got it. No, dude, that makes perfect sense to me the way you articulated it. It was awesome, dude. So, all right, we've actually careened our way to the ninth round. Now, the ninth round is one of the most favorite ones for everybody. My, my listeners love it. The fighters love it. I love it. What? are you going for after the fight is over after the training camp is over you've already won you're out with your friends you're out your family what are you eating that you can finally fucking indulge in that you've been putting off and putting away for all this time while you're cutting weight and getting ready what food are you smashing after you've already won the fight and where are you getting it from oh fuck that's that's easy that's easy as fuck i'm (laughs) cheesecake all to myself i fucking love cheesecake man i fucking love it uh, no, are we going? Are we going straight up cheesecake, or is there chocolate throughout? Like, what? What's what do we got? So, I mean, the, the, so my favorite cheesecake to this day is a raspberry blueberry topping banana caramel cheesecake. Jesus, that that's that's tied with another one too. Another one that I really like, and fucking, I sh- probably shouldn't eat it. Is uh, it's a mixture of a red velvet. With the Oreo cheesecake, what I do is I take two slices, I blend them, I literally mash it up together, and I'll eat it with the crust. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I love it. But for now, I'll probably eat, like, uh, I, I just pretty much eat whatever after the meal. Like, there is no, like, hey, I need to have this after my meal. But fucking, I get down in the kitchen, too. I like to make, uh, you know, like, tri-tip with garlic mashed potatoes and asparagus or fucking, you know, I'll, I'll make, like, chicken grilled cheese on a sourdough with garlic butter with uh, red squash tomato soup and shit like that. I get down. Well, check out this guy fucking putting on the old apron to get in there and make some shit happen. Food Network maybe down the road oh, for I you, fuck, dude. I love cooking. You're going to have to keep uh, I cook a bomb-ass gnocchi. So gnocchi is a uh, Italian like potato dumplings. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it in a couple different styles. and uh, I think my favorite style I've done it with is uh, I've done it in a red sauce and um, a 12-hour marinara sauce where I used deer meat. I uh, grounded up some deer meat and, uh, you know, had it to where it was slowly cooked overnight for 12 hours. Put that into both uh, the pesto and the Alfredo and had it that way. Like a, like a, yeah, that's incredible, dude. Well, look at this, dude. We've learned a whole new talent, a whole new side, a whole new aspect of Galaxy's fucking out of the cage life, dude. I love it. So, Orion, we are into the last round, the 10th round with Rhino. It's the easiest one of them all. I know you said the last one was easy. This is even easier. We just want to get your socials, man. What are your social media so that we as the fans, my listeners, we can all follow you moving forward and keep an eye on your career as you progress? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, if you just type in my name on social media, you guys will find me, but don't try to follow me on Facebook. I'm not going to follow the fans back. I think that shit's weird. But <laughs> if people want to follow me on uh, like Twitter, I wouldn't even recommend that. I barely go on Twitter. I just go on Twitter to talk shit to try to get kicked off Twitter. I hate Twitter, dude. Fuck <laughs> Twitter. Fuck Twitter. I've even told Twitter to fuck themselves, and they still... They had me suspended for like two months, and I was like, fine, I'm just going to delete my account. And like the day later, though, your account's not suspended anymore. And I was like, you piece of shits. And so the only reason I have is because I was told, hey, all social media is just social media. So I just go on there and talk to people about stocks and my 
you know, if I win, when I, when I win my fight, how I'm going to put more money into AMC. Or if AMC pops off before my fight, I'm going to dump the AMC money into betting on myself to win because I truly believe I'm going to win. And, uh, yeah, on uh, Instagram, just type in Orion Kosi. You won't find any other Orion Kosis. I don't even think there's a fan page. Dude, we got it. You, you've knocked it out. Ryan, Orion, you have gone 10 rounds with Rhino. I think this was kind of like the our version of the Wolf of Wall Street. You know, the movie that has the most F-bombs ever in it. I think you and I just surpassed. The, uh, the record for combat sports with Rhino, most F-words. And I salute you for it, my friend. So, fuck dude. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. <yeah. laughs> so, again, brother, I really, really appreciate you coming on today. We are so stoked for your July fight. Can't wait to see you get in there and mix it up. I and mean, you got fans over here at the Combat Sports with Rhino crew forever. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I look forward to talking to you again either right before uh, my fight or right after my fight. Absolutely. You can count on it, bro. I appreciate it. All righty. This is Orion Galaxy Kosi, and I just won 10 rounds with Rhino. I told you guys we were going to say the F word a lot. <laughs> Very cool interview with Orion, man. That was that was really interesting, dude. I, what, a, what a cool guy. What an interesting uh, backstory. What an incredible fighter, man. This guy's got something special. I hope everybody tunes in on uh, July 31st to watch him fight because he is a monster. I want to go ahead and give a shout out to all our forum contributors, Rage and Sweet Potato, Ty Fly Guy, Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, the big homie Jim Asoon, the Einstein of Graphic Design, Dave Fretz, my homie D. Kranz, my buddy at home and sale, and of course, our girl, APB, you can't be a wuss and have a puss. Of course, some other shout outs, our girl Brat. The homie Cyrus, everybody in the PRG, the homie at Unmatched Pod, Ben Rothwell's belly button. What up, homie? Yeah, the Rhino Gang GC, of course. You guys are all amazing. All the homies at Underdog MMA, my dude, Mike Morgan, Marquise from Weeks Off Radio, my bro, my boxing broski, our girl, Pokey Mama, Ashley from this little, little podcast, of course, to our Triple D, Drea, D Reigns, Dave Fretz, all the backbone of this operation. Be kind, everybody. Happy 4th of July to those who celebrate it. Let's make some positive changes for ourselves this week. Be yourselves. Have a good week. We love you guys. As always, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week. Cage Side!